Look who's back. Look who's back. Is that the proud papa to my left? Look at him smile. Look at him smile. High top the west side at Cherry Hill. It's a special edition. Dad is in the house. Backed up. Batting second. Coach, special advisor, Larry Boa today. And hello, everybody. It's Wednesday. We are high atop. And Chad, welcome back. Buddy. Thank we you. We missed you. Oh, I missed being on here for a few weeks, but I was listening to the daily shows, and those were great. Oh, thank you. Good to follow along with. Thank you. I, uh, I hope it's better because I listen to our listeners, and they're very candid. And uh, I've heard everything from it sounds like you've got marbles in your mouth, <laughs> which I do. Do uh, I talk too fast? Do I don't stop and breathe? And I've tried to incorporate all that stuff. Yeah. Some people said, use a lower voice. I'm not real good at a lower yeah. voice. <laughs> you know, every podcast has a theme. There are people who have successful podcasts who talk um, purposely, intentionally right. monotone. There's people who, you know, rattle off. It's all about finding what works for us. And, you know, that's a journey each and every show. I will say I listened to Monday's podcast I did solo. Still missed you. It ran 45, first long show solo, and I was actually okay with my voice monotone. I was going to sound weird to say I enjoyed listening to myself, but I'm very critical, as you well know. You, you'll say, did you listen to the you show? A drum beat or something what there? It take me, would it take me two years to listen? You'd be like, did you listen to the show? And I'd be like, I can't hear myself. Are you kidding me? I heard myself. I was okay. Anyway, we're pumped to have Boa on. We got some... We got some tough stuff for him. We might also go right to it. We could talk about Harden, why he tarnished the show. Uh, we could talk about some other things. But I think we'd, the fans would rather hear the uh, get, get get right to special advisor, uh, Bo. And, uh, Hello. Hey, Bo. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning, uh, Coach. How you doing today? Doing good. We got some tough questions as always. Uh, I know you're watching. Okay. I know you're watching the World Series. So my first question, Bo, uh, and, and I just scratched my head. Why, with first base open, do they continue to pitch to cigarette? What am I missing? Or do, is it their uh, confidence on lefty lefty get him? At? Why would you pitch to the guy with the numbers he's got, which are unprecedented in postseason? What's up? Well, you know, like I said, I think we've had this conversation before about when, when you play a team, there's always one hitter that the manager and coaching staff say, don't let this guy beat you. And it's, you know, especially with Garcia out, uh, to me, it's it's Seager. I mean, you can't let him beat you. I don't care righty, lefty, it doesn't matter. Uh, obviously, if the bases are loaded, you got to pitch to him. But uh, that that baffled me a little bit. But again, I guess he thought the lefty on lefty would get it done, and it didn't. But right. he's in a groove right now, man. This guy, he doesn't, you know, everyone talks about, well, this guy swings at too many first pitches, but he doesn't miss them. Don't miss You know, and he doesn't work counts at all, but he doesn't miss pitches that are mistakes either. Right. So let me run this at you because this is what I think is, is a contemporary way of thinking versus some uh, pivot on the moment thinking. So. Let's let's assume we had two type of game managers. There's probably way more than that, but let's just boil it down to two type of game managers. The first game manager is steeped in tradition. He says, "Hey, this has worked traditionally. This lefty lefty, this has worked all season. 
uh, bombs batting average at RBI spots all season. It's it's macro. It's longer. It's it's kind of the way baseball has been played. Uh, it, they use the word like "I trust him." It's worked before. Be be patient. You have that manager. Then you have the manager more uh, Gene Mockey like who says, "No, no, no. I got to pivot here." And I know I got a lights, let's assume, I'm hypothetical. Let's assume I got a 0-0 ERA closer, all right, ready to go in the ninth, okay, to protect this 2-1, he's going to come in in the ninth. But wait a minute. The top of the order's got bases loaded and two outs in the seventh. I'm bringing that lights out guy in now with the game on the line, and I'm not going to give you that conventional macro trust it over time. Bo, there's two type of managers. One trusts the system and is way too patient, and the other guy says, in this game, in this spot, right now, this is the right thing to do. I think that's a fair definition. The two type of managers, Bo, speak to that conundrum. I I agree everything you said right there. The game has definitely changed in that aspect. Uh, when you Back even when I played or even when I managed, you had a closer. And he was your ninth inning guy. Because there are some guys, believe it or not, when there's no safety net there, and all of a sudden you say, hey, you're, you're going out in the ninth, the mindset is completely different. That's why when you get a guy that, that's used to the pressures of the ninth inning, knowing no one's coming in behind him, knowing he's got to save the game, to me that's where the game has changed. And analytics cannot get inside a man's head. And, and when you put all the information into the computer and you say, this is the right matchup for the seventh inning, but he's my closer. Do I use him now? Uh, the game has gone to that point now, uh, mm-hmm. especially now in the world series. There's no question about it. You got the best hitter up with the bases loaded in the seventh inning and you need a strikeout. Uh, the way the game is, 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 is going in the direction it's going in. That's the way it's going. And the money that the owners have invested in analytics uh, they're not going to change their mind right now. They're going to say, this is what we're, we're paying these guys a lot of money to do, put these guys in this situation. But see, to me, analytics can't measure what's inside a guy's head or his heart. And that's where I think we're missing the point here. You, you got a guy that you know in the ninth inning is not going to crumble. He knows what it's all about, saving games. And then you bring somebody out, you bring that closer in, in the seventh inning. Now you've got to worry about the ninth inning and uh, it's 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 a tough situation right now because there's a lot of money invested in analytics. There's no question about that. Every team seems like they're all in on it. And I still believe that if you got a drop dead closer, and uh, well, let's go Lidge. Let's go Lidge. Where he didn't blow a save, did he? The one year right, right, in 2008. Nope. I know. I know. He kept you on the edge of your seat, but yep. oh, yeah. the fact that he didn't. You know, there's a mentality there that people don't understand, and just like there's a mentality about a guy that drives in runs two outs, two strikes on him. He's, he's, his mind conditions himself to relax, hit the ball the other way. I, but I, I think the game has changed so much now that they are going to their best pitcher in the seventh inning. If the bases are loaded to get out of a gym and they're going to worry about the ninth when it comes about. Right. I appreciate that. Now, uh, a little sort of a disclaimer, not that you need one because you're, one of the most honest analysts I've I've ever met. And that's why we love having you on this show. 
if I ask you a question that you'd rather not answer because of the company situation, just say, right. just do me a favor. Uh, and I love you for this Bo. Just say pass okay. and, and just say, Hey, you know what, Chuck, I know where you're going with that. And I dig it. And I hear you. Okay. And I even, okay. res- I respect it. Yeah, I will. But, but I will. I'd rather pass because <laughs> for all the obvious reasons, Chuck, here's yeah. one. Yeah. Here, yeah. Okay. It's a touchy. All right. We just hate you. Yeah, That's good. All right. So <laughs> in our batting order, so I've defined the top. I, I was so confusing because baseball is so confusing. I mean, evidence, the fact that the guy they're pitching to right now, and bring me back to my point, Chad, so I don't ramble myself right out and say, where was I? So, Corey Seager right now. Let's check this out. Two-fifth, year 2015, postseason. It's all postseason. 188, 2016, 200, 2017, 230, 2019, 150, and 2021, 188. Maybe that's why they're pitching to him, Bo. So, or, you're saying... Or you're he, saying those those are the numbers for for his playoff appearances, postseason. Right? Yep, and all right. of a sudden, okay. look at this Babe Ruth postseason, okay. right? Yeah, right. Okay, okay. So that kind of sets the table for where I'm going with the Phillies. So, you you, you know, you, you have a situation where you could go traditional. Uh, we we pitch this guy because he's got a terrible po- the analytics show he's got a terrible postseason batting average. Or this guy's hot as hell right now. We're not pitching to him because first base is open. So here we go to the Phillies uh, lineup. Okay, we have a situation where the postseason lineup I submit was wrong with Schwarber batting first. Now the reason, and I can't take the time to do all of it, and so I promised myself when I did this work took me. A half hour. That's a lot of work for one stat. So I had to go through and look at Schwarber's home runs, what they meant in the 13 postseason games, and not one home run wins a ball game. Now, if we can hold temperament to the side, what it means to start off with a home run against Zach Allen, I get that. But when you look at the home runs he hits, he certainly in game five, you win five to three, and he has a home run and an R- one RBI. I check that as meaningful. All the other home runs, okay, don't impact a win. So you say, wait a minute. He's up there because of these five home runs and leads off the game with the five home runs, and the five home runs only generated five RBIs, and not one of them won a game unless you want to go to that psyche stuff about what the temperament means when he let off with a five photo. Oh my God, he shook up Zach Gown and therefore the whole lineup did better. Okay. Versus this versus this Harper has, I'm going to round off here. 300, 455 on base. You got to be kidding me. 643,900. And Turner has the same numbers. Not quite as much slug. Almost, but a higher batting average at 347. If you had gone Turner, Harper, protect Harper, Schwarber, tell me his five home runs would have generated five RBIs. Pass or play on that question? Wow, that's a good question. Let me, let, let me preface this by saying all those stats, are they're, they're, they're outstanding numbers that you just threw at me. Thank you. There's no question about that. But I will say this in reference to our team. This is to our team. You guys know that Rob Thompson is a loyal individual as a manager. He is not going to upset the apple cart. I don't care 
how meaningful the home runs were or not meaningful, he's going to stick with his lineup. He showed everybody the last two years, this is the lineup I'm going now to say it's right or wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's what he believes in. And he's got those players in that clubhouse believing that, Hey, if I go for four today with four strikeouts, I'm going to be batting leadoff tomorrow. And people don't understand that that has a lot to do just with the, when you take the field and you know who's hitting first, you know who's hitting second. And I know there's times, I'll be the first to admit, I'm saying, man, Schwab should be hitting down in the lineup. I've said it. And I've talked to Tom's about it. He says, bro, he says, I, I, I trust this group of guys. He said, it's not like they're rookies. It's not like they're first-year guys or second-year guys. These guys are veterans. And so I think you have to put that in the equation also. And people don't do that. Players get used to how the manager thinks. The manager get used to how the players think. And I think it's important, especially when you have a veteran team like we do right now. And, again, it's not a matter of player path. It's a matter of the manager's beliefs and, and trust in what he puts out in that lineup. So, I mean, those stats are unbelievable. You just came out. And I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, – because I did it when I managed. If a guy was really cold – I'm, and I don't mean 0 for 4, 0 for 8. I'm saying he says he's 1 for 28. Right, right. I'm going to give him a blow. This is me now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a blow and drop him in the lineup, take a little pressure off of him. But, you know, different managers have different takes on that. And, and Tom's has been – he's been consistent. There's no question about that. People have gotten on him. I've heard radios, talk shows get on him about you got to change this. In fact, the last game, um, they wanted to move uh, Bohm and um, – and Stott. Stott. And they're, they're, they're the ones that drove in two or three runs or scored, whatever it was. They came through, and, and the rest of the lineup really didn't. Yeah, for that game now, to that point, uh, Bohm inherited 75 runners in front of them. Oh, this is all postseason aggregate, not one guy. Right. Obviously, that would be a hell of a game. Wouldn't it? 75 runners on base. And with 75 runners on base in front of him, he delivered six postseason RBIs, and our manager can tolerate trust, loyalty, and I'm sticking with it, man. It irritates me as a fan to no end, Bo, and I know you may want to say, hey, Chuck, chill out, buddy. But you want me to be candid. Listen, I think we've gained a lot of respect. Obviously, I've respected you my whole life. You're my hero. But hopefully you've gained some respect for this podcast, and you know that it's our job to bring the heat and be candid. Oh, and, and as a fan, it irritates me, Bo. I, it does, hey, you know. Hey, I, I, you know, I, Thompson and I are real good friends, and, I, you know, we've gone to dinner. In fact, we went to dinner two days after the the um, we got eliminated. Okay. And, it was, it, and he's, I tell you what, he's down to earth, but he believes in, in certain things, and I respect that. Because yeah. he's going he's gonna to live and die with his decisions. Okay. And up until now, let's, let's face it, I know we haven't won a World Series, but to do what he's done the last couple of years, i I, I got to take my hat off to him. Uh, uh, I do think we should have beat Arizona, no doubt in my mind. Are we the better team? So, Without a doubt. So, so much, much better team. So much, so much better. better. It would have been a better series with yep. the Phillies playing yep. Yep. Texas. But, I, you know, on the other hand, that's why you play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, t- they came in, they're playing with house money, and they did what they had to do to win. Forget losing the one game and, and us finally winning the last game in Arizona. Like, we got a three to two lead with two games to go in our ballpark, which we play unbelievable baseball. And we didn't win one of those two games. Shame on us. And 
that's why I say I tip my hat off to Arizona. They hung in there. They battled. They came back. They got a big home run off Kimbrel in in Arizona to 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 win that ball game. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, uh, I I really believe in if a manager really stands firm in what he believes in, then I, I'm all in with him. He's he's going to live and die with it, and he'll take the heat if it doesn't work. And he was disappointed. There's no question about it. And I, I think you've all heard his uh, yeah. A, after after the season uh, comments, he says, "Hey, there's some things I'm going to reevaluate on things I've done." Which, again, I respect Tom's for that. He's saying maybe there's some moves that that worked that maybe he yeah. shouldn't have done anyway. So, so I mean, uh, he's being honest with everybody. Yeah. So you just made so many great points, and I'm not writing them down. I'm relying on my 70 year old memory. So let's see mm-hmm. if I can stack them right. Okay. First point. The next time you have dinner with him, I'll trade you all my company stock to be the third person. (laughs) Okay, more serious. Uh, I absolutely tip my hat to Coach. Absolutely do. I mean, what he's done back-to-back years to put advances that far, how many exciting games we've watched, what is 17 one year, 30 30 postseason games that had the stadium uh, what was re- what was so cool about the stadium? And I know I do this too much compared to football stuff, and, and I like the I like all the home teams. But to see uh, the bank uh, be the loudest on the on the noise decibel meter and all that than any other stadium oh. at home that that is so cool that we've developed that national reputation. Where when you listen to MLB, and I know you do a lot, and I live by. Nobody wants to come to the bank to play baseball games. So you're right. You know, I mean, how they could come in here and win two. Uh, that's you're right. That's why they with play the, the with game the, with the with a young team. Let's practice that too. Yeah. So they're it is, very young. It's a ride or die mentality. And when you were at dinner, uh, not to eavesdrop, but when you were at dinner, did you say? I'm with you on ride or die, or did you say, well, between the two of us, and of course, if it's between the two of us, I'm not asking you to breach your confidence, am I? But was there any insinuation that you would have done things differently at dinner? Is that a fair question, Bo? No, the the only the only time that that I said question that I questioned Thompson, you know, and I and I said it to him was two years ago, uh, when he took out Wheeler in Houston. Yeah, we all I agree. thought Wheeler. Yep. Yep. I, I thought, we, and and Tom said, you know what, Bo? He says. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, it didn't work out, which it didn't. I mean, the home run that that Alvarez hit, uh, uh, he crushed it off of uh, Alvarado. But uh, that that's really the only time because he's convinced me that that clubhouse, <clears throat> he's got that clubhouse so together as far as their mindset, the manager's mindset to the players, the players' mindset to the manager and coaching staff that. You know what? I just say, okay, man, it's been working. Mm-hmm. But again, do we do need to win a World Series with this group? Because right. I really believe, and they'll t- Tom's will be the first to tell you this. This is a good team. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, oh, people yeah. say, people say, what are you going to do during the winter? <clears throat> you know, there's really not that much. You, you try to sign Nola, and I don't know how that's going to unfold. His stock to me went up. And then if you don't sign him, you're going to have to go out and, and try to get a free agent pitcher, and, and there's some out there. But as far as the lineup is concerned, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a stacked lineup, and, and they're not like 37, 38 years old. They're in early yeah. 30s. And we got to think that, hey, the third time's a charm. 
So we'll see what happens. So we don't have any reason to get excited that he may not back Schwarber first next year, that he may say, you know what, I'm going to stick those 50 home runs and protect Harper, who in the postseason, Bo, walked more than he hit. Now, do you want Harper swinging the bat or walking, Bo? Yeah, I agree with you, and I and I do think that Tops is going to go go back during the winter. He lives in Canada. And I think he's going to think about moves and, and strategies. I really do. I don't think he's going to say, no, I'm doing it this way. Right. I right. think he's going to evaluate everything and look at the analytic park and like, part. And like you said, do we want Harp walking? No, right. we want Harp swinging the bat. And, and I think I really believe that Tom's has an open mind on this. And, you know, he's obviously he hears all the criticism about, oh, why Schwab hitting first and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure he's going to weigh that, you know, and I don't think he's going to come to spring training and say, nope, this is it. I'm staying with it. I think he's going to weigh all his options. He's a very intelligent guy. and uh, He is a, he's and, a very uh, smart guy. He's a very and smart And when you guy. talk to him, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll look at you and he'll say, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, he's you a, know, he has, he has opinions. He but does. He does. Bottom line is. He makes his final decision. He's a manager. He's an eye contact kind of cat, isn't he? He's interested in yes, what you have is. to say. Nothing yes, worse than somebody looking away from you as you're talking, right? You're trying to make right uh, or, or <laughs> a guy that you're giving suggestions and he's not in his head, and you know he's not listening. You know to he's you. not listening at all. But so, Tom's listens to people, you yeah, know. Yeah, just, but he's also very knowledgeable of what he's doing. So. Just so I could put a fence around the last comment I made about Harper, people have said to me, "Oh, sometimes you'll say something, but they, you don't give us." what it was, what it looked like. So here's the incredible stat. So in 22, all postseason talk here. 22, we got 17 games played. This is all Harper. 22 hits versus six walks. What a ratio of hits to walks. And in those 22 hits, this is ridiculous. We have seven doubles, six home runs, 14 RBIs. Uh, it's And they every, you know, all of baseball says, if we're going to see this guy again in the postseason – I think we'll walk him. So now in 13 games, he walks twice as much as he did in 17 games. 13 walks and only 12 hits. Still had a great postseason. Still put up impressive numbers. Zero doubles, but but the five home runs. Those five home runs only generate eight RBIs. If you had that lineup right, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but if you had that energized lineup with, uh, I'm going to not put another person at leadoff first, that hasn't been tested like Stottle, although I believe he can handle that role. The point I make there is naturally the lefty-righty, lefty-righty. I'm going to get away from that for a moment and say that if you just went with Turner, Harper, Schwarber, your run production would have been damn near 60% better, and therefore I think you get that win that we didn't get. That That's my thesis. That's my bottom line. I think the stats are screaming it could not happen. <laughs> what the stats are screaming off the street going, you, yeah, you know what I mean? You, anyway. You, you know what, though? The, the, let me just say this. Yeah. It, as I prefaced this when we first got on. When you when you play a team, whether it's a playoffs every day or if you're playing a regular season in July, and you go into our lineup, which is a deep lineup. I mean, it is deep. Yep. You still, Harper's going to be the guy that the manager and coaches are going to say, do not, I don't care how deep your lineup is, I do not want Harp beating me. Yep. So, I, you know, no matter where you hit him, he's going to be pitching pitched really tough, even if Schwarber's sitting behind him. 
or in front of him. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter. I don't want Harp. He's a stud. Harp is, is a big time player. Uh, and when the chips are on the line, this guy rises to the occasion. I mean, he missed two pitches in that last game and he told, he, he basically said, I got to crush those balls. He just missed them. They could have very easily been in the seat. Oh man. No. But, uh, but to, to, to make my point here, I'm not, I don't care if Babe Ruth's hitting after Park, uh, Harper. I'm not letting Harper beat me. And that's the mentality of other managers. I guarantee okay. it. Well, when they come in here, I don't want Harper beat me. Only, I'm going to turn it over to my sidekick here. It's great to have Chad back. But only because you said it am I going to put a fence around that point? I knew you would say that. It's a great point. I knew you would say that because you're a very smart baseball guy. So I had to go to work, and this took me an hour to find. This was a, this was a deep dive. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife was like, what the hell are you doing? I said, I got to get this research done. So when Bo brings it up, protection, I got – look at this number here. So Harper, I did at-bat by at-bat, and there's a sequence where he doesn't see a strike for six straight pitches but how about this he ends up with 96 balls and only 32 strikes of which this will absolutely knock your you're out of you're in a baseball cap right now he only gets six let's call them center cuts you know i'm not talking dead dead middle i'm, I'm talking in the esp zone box zone towards the middle shadow he only gets six pitches to hit. He has four uh, hits, two home runs, a double, and a single when you make a mistake to him, but they didn't pitch to him. So how frustrated does Harper eventually get knowing he's not protected by Babe Ruth and knowing he's going to see 94 balls and the uh, strikes he does get Bauer on the black? How tough does it make Harper to have to produce? I'm sure. I'm sure he does feel frustrated, but it, to me, that's the Barry Bonds treatment. Yep. When, yep, when yep, Bonds, yep, yep. I mean, that, that's exactly what Bonds did. And, yep. and Bonds usually got, he would say, I might have to get two pitches to hit the whole game. Right. And he, you know what? He, hit he, he would do damage. He would do damage to the two. And Harp's that kind of hitter. Yeah. I, I think, I think that, that if we really, uh, here's my question to you, because you've been firing my, who would you have? See, to me, it's a touchy situation because, I, and I'm not saying Harp crushes lefties. Mm-hmm. Every you know, Harp doesn't matter if you're right or left. Harp Harp's going to hit you. Right. So to have a lefty behind Harp, I don't know if I would do that. Okay. So I, I, I really yeah. I think you're making the 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 opposition again. I've seen Schwarber hit balls nine miles off lefties, but to make it, it's it's going to be an easier easier move for a manager when you see Harp, and whether it be Schwarber or whether it be Stott, another lefty. I think you're making it an easier move for the manager when you have two lefties hitting together, especially uh, one that you don't want to face right. in Harper. I anticipated that question. I answer it twofold. One, I did not see if I missed him. I'm not being a sarcastic guy here. I respect you too much for that. But if I missed an elite lefty closer in that series, would you please tell me who it was? Not Josh H- H- Hater, Hater with, with Milwaukee, right? Or San Diego, wherever the hell he's at. San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. Yeah. So did Arizona bring in an elite lefty closer? Do they no. have that guy? No. So no. I, I didn't your no. honor, we rest on that point, but I want to no. throw throw this at you but, for <laughs> but before you go on there, yep. yep. There the Arizona, what they do is I mean, I know they do a lot of uh, of openers and all that stuff, but the one thing that he has been consistent with 
he's used one closer, and that's Seawald. Seawald, yeah. yeah. He, he, he's not brought him, him in in the eighth inning with uh, with the bases loaded and two outs trying right. to get it, He's been very consistent with how he's used his closer. So, so to that point, you know, if I rotated, I had to line up for next year just in case you had dinner again and said, hey, we're going to – Invite this loudmouth Chuck. He's got a lot to say, a lot of bluster. Here we go. I'd have Turner, Harper, Stott, Schwarber. We go right, left, right, left. That would be my top four next year, and I would elevate Marsh. I believe that Marsh's numbers have earned a promotion in the batting order because the one thing I always said to my assistant coaches when we were doing this stuff for 40 years is pretty high-level World Series, stuff like that. I always said – you know what, guys? We got a kid down there at seven that's got better numbers than some of our guys or, or ladies at the top. Let's dilute dilute that before we lose it. In other words, I don't want the season to end 80 games in, and that gal or that guy is still batting 410, and we've kept a, a, he or she at seven. I'm going to move them up and elevate them and see if we can dilute those numbers. And if you don't dilute those numbers – Look what run production does. It soars. But I'm not going to watch the whole season go like Marsh and put up really good offensive numbers. And, yes, there's a caveat what he does against left-handed. But I don't think his numbers fall way off against lefties. Do they, Bo? Chad, do you have, do you I, have I, I'm, I'm For me, Stott and Marsh, to, this is me now. This yep, is yep. not nobody else. If, if I had the, those two guys on my team, I'm going to play it. They're everyday players for me. Right. Thank you. Uh, like and, 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 and you know what happens is I think, and again, the industry has created this. If I've seen it once, I've seen it a bunch of times going down to the minor leagues and watching our teams play. As soon as we sign somebody, not, not everybody, but say we sign a good prospect that's a left-handed hitter and you go watch him and maybe in the seventh inning, he comes up with bases loaded. We pinch hit a right hand. To me, we got to find out if these kids can hit left-handed pitchers. Left-handed, you know, and I, yeah. Scott has proved to everybody it don't matter if you're right or left. And I think Marsh lately has shown a lot of improvement hitting righties and lefties. And let's face it, next year, and Tom's made this statement that Rojas has got to hit more than we all know that yeah, he's right. he's got to get at least two fifty, two sixty because he runs so good. But if he doesn't, you got you're going to have Marsh out there in center field probably, yep. and they're going to let Rojas go down and get it best. But on the other hand, if Rojas learns to be a little more patient and puts the ball in play a little bit more, then you're going to have a real good defensive outfield yeah. <coughs> with uh, with Marsh and Rojas out there. Do uh, do they sign Reese Hoskins? That's a big question because it's going to be up to according to the reports. I mean, they're going to they're going to really put it on harp and say, Hey, what do you feel comfortable with? If, if he says, I feel comfortable at first base, I would say, no. If he says, I want to play the outfield, I would say there's, you know, there's a chance they could. Right. Uh, that's up to Dave, you know, and, 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 and obviously does, does Haas want a, um, does Reese want a three year deal? Is, mm-hmm. is he going to stay here for a one year deal? Can they franchise him? I, I don't know. Yeah. That's a tough question. I think their number one priority, though, is Nola. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta landlock. You can't let Atlanta sign Nola. 
that would even change the psychological advantage in postseason, man, I, right? I, I, I'm a big Nola guy. Me too. I've been a Nola guy from the time he got here. I know he had his ups and downs this past season. I think he righted the ship towards the end. Uh, he's durable. He never goes on the I.L. He's unbelievable in the clubhouse. He helps the young kids. I mean, again, it's not my money. I don't know what he's asking for, but he's going to get more than one suitor here during this free agency yeah. run. I think you're going to – you might have a little bidding war with two or three teams. I mean, there's teams that come out actually said, hey, oh, we're focusing on Aaron Nola. That's St. Louis yeah. Cardinals. They've already said it. Yep. And I know Kranitz, who's the pitching coach for Atlanta, loves this guy. So. Yeah. There's two teams right there, and you throw the Phillies in, that's three teams. Yep, yep. And I'm sure there's a lot of other teams if you want to really dig deep into who would be interested where do in you, Where do you draw your line, uh, not length of contract, but about the uh, – I, I know they play together, one and one A, but where do you draw the line on what you're going to pay Nola Bell if you're GM or baseball? Man, baseball uh, this is me now. Yep, Again, yep, it's not yep. my money. I'm just looking at the – the landscape out yep. there, the landscape. Yep. He's, he's 25 to 30 million a year. That's yeah. me. But I don't know in, 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 in years, you, you gotta be careful cause he's 31 or 32, 30, yep, obviously. Yep. Uh, but to me, just looking at the landscape, he's a 25 to $30 million a year pitcher. And that's just, that's just me looking at every team that has their big boys at the top of the rotation. Unbelievable. I'm sorry, bud. I knew I'd run long, but it's so exciting to get Bo on today. I could control myself. That's, 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 <laughs> uh, at least I own the podcast. So I can say that well, much. You, well, you, well, let, let me just say this. We'll we try to get you and, you, me, and Tom's out one day. We can, it, it, it'll uh, be a long dinner. Uh, it'll be a long dinner. So. Oh, Bo, if you ever text me that you got that set up, okay, <laughs> there is absolutely no governor control over what I'll do. Okay? Well, well you I, uh, I'm telling you, oh, man, you tell, well, coach I'll tell you what, Tom, Tom's would be, he, he, if he trusts you, which I, I would sort of set the groundwork, right. he'll, he'll give you some good answers. I guarantee wow, that. Man, if you, if you, <laughs> if you could set that up and tell him the main, <laughs> oh, here's, here we go to tell him, even though I could be a, a bit of a pit bull and pain in the ass, but I would share this, <laughs> tell him, I want to have dinner for this reason, for my soul and heart. This is my dad's grave. I want to have dinner with him to thank him for what he's done to the Philadelphia area the last two years. Yeah. These 30 postseason games have all been something magical. Yeah. I just I, I, I thank him first. And I, I may okay. be so enamored to beat his attention, you may have to elbow me an hour in and say, what the hell, were you choking? I thought you had some stuff to say, <laughs> and all you do is kissing this guy's ass for the whole hour. What are you doing, Chuck? He's, he's going he's gonna to leave that dinner and go, that was some thanks. Yeah, that was a really nice fan. What a fan you brought, it, bro. It, it was the backhand compliment. First telling him how great he was, and then, then yeah. you start putting the, the bulldog effect on it after that. Well, all you'd have to do is ask him to listen to this podcast and say, listen, we're going to have dinner. Chuck's treat. We'll come to you. Uh, La Colina is probably pretty close to where he lives. I would imagine. So it's all yeah. good, but we did think it was best that you at least listen to this podcast. Then you have the framework coming in. You have some Genesis or where this could go. Uh, he may laugh at it. He may say, you know what he's going to say to you, Bo, that's nothing new. 
what Chuck's saying, oh, he, what, what their podcast is, whatever. Good. Yeah, everybody's saying what they're saying about the batting order. Anyway, right. Bud, you're he, batting he, second. You're up, buddy. Sure. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on today, Bo. So we talked okay. about a lot of the a lot of the you know critical aspects of the postseason here. So let me just start with this. You know, let's take Nola out. Let's say the Phillies sign Nola. Uh, ho- you know, hopefully, we do. What other steps do you think the Phillies need to take here in terms of player development or other acquisitions at certain position, uh, certain positions potentially, to try and improve uh, I, the team? Well, you know, one thing I think that the key to the whole offseason is going to be where Hart wants to play. Uh, if he wants to play the outfield, you got a overload of outfielders that you could, you might be able to get something for. And I'm not. This is just me speculating on our on our ball club. If he wants to play first base, then that would uh, that would keep the outfield basically the way it is. Uh, to me, it that's the key there, and I think Davis sort of stressed that on his press conference that he's got to sit down with Harp and <clears throat> discuss where he feels comfortable, where he wants to play. And I think if he, whatever position he picks, then you're going to see some things opening up. But, but I do know this. Dave said you never have enough pitching, and I know they're going to be active, whether it be signing Nola or looking at other free agent pitchers. They're going to be always looking for pitching. There's no doubt in my mind. Now, we saw a lot this postseason, really all season long, the importance of defense. And this yep. is something that you've, you've, I've been hearing a lot on the radio and things like that. And I, I got to wonder how much money comes into a, into a play here. But with Stott as good as he's been defensively, and Turner with the struggles he had, and he had some some very frustrating plays in the postseason, some really basic plays. Is there any chance? Again, speaking to a former shortstop and a great Zero. one, we see Zero. Stott yeah, go to no, shortstop. No answer to this. Zero. Zero. I, I know where you're going with this. I, there's zero chance of that happening because I think one of the stipulations when Turner signed, you know, he was obviously there was three or four teams that wanted him. And I know for a fact one of the teams said, hey, we'd like you to play second. We'd like you to play short. We'd like you to play center. In other words, be a, the hybrid, play all over the place. And he goes, no, no, I'm a shortstop. So I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think this is me. I don't think air-wise he's going to commit nearly as many airs as he did this year. I think a lot of those airs came early. Uh, but there's there's no way. And again, this is just me talking. I just don't think that's going to happen. Stott's going to be a second baseman, and, and Turner's going to be our shortstop. It might make sense, though, defensively, but it sounds like it'll never happen. So yeah, I'll move on to another question here. The Phillies, you look at this, their, their high-level stats here. Now, offensively, best slugging percentage in the postseason. And I know there's still, obviously, it's still going on, but best slugging percentage second and on base, first in OPS, third in runs per game. Wow. On the pitching side, they had the best ERA at 2.20, wow. best whip, and uh, you know, best home. The point is, offensively, pitching-wise, they were pretty much the best team and from both statistical standpoints. So given these strong stats, is one of would you say that one of the primary factors for the Phillies' failure this year could be attributed to coaching and managerial decisions? No, I think if you really, if you really want to break this down, up until this last series, our stars played like stars. They hit like stars, and we the last two games, two or three games against Arizona, our big guys for some reason they went into a little funk, yeah. which happens. It happens that, that you know you, we we 
across the board, in my opinion, the two teams that are playing now and the two teams before, we have the best team of all. I, I really believe that. And I'm not saying that because I, I worked for the Phillies, I played, I managed. On paper, this team was better than any team that's in there right now. No doubt. But our big, our big guys, for some reason, I mean, Harp told you, I had two pitches they hit, I missed them. Uh, Castellanos went into a little funk. Uh, Trey Turner went into a funk. It's just so happened when we were hitting all those home runs, everybody was clicking on all cylinders. And that's the greatest feeling in the world. When you got a lineup one through nine and everyone's mashing the ball, you really don't care about what your pitchers are doing. You're going to get runs. Sure. And they, we just didn't get them. They pitched us tough. We chased, we chased big time. The last three games, we really went out of the zone, swung at pitches that weren't strikes out of the hand. You know, it's one thing when you're in the batter's box. And the pitcher releases the ball, and it's strike, strike, strike. No, it's a ball. We chased balls that were out of the hand that were balls, and that was really Probably. a thing that really came back to haunt us. But, but what what happens to pitch recognition right there, Bo? Why does it stop working? I mean, I think we started squeezing the bat a little bit and okay. felt that, hey, I got to come through with this hit. You know, until you actually go through stuff like that. Yeah. People don't understand when you get in a box and the guy in front of you struck out. Now you're up there saying, I can't strike out. I got to, I got to hit this pitch here. <laughs> and so you go out of your comfort zone, you start yeah. swinging at pitchers pitches. Yep. And before you know it, you got three or four guys in the lineup that are trying really hard and they're going, they're not staying in their element. And you and start rushing stuff, start speeding the game yeah. up at that point, right? The guy no that question. could stay calm, cool, collect it and breathe there. The superstars do that. It's unbelievable. Like it, no moment's too big for them. Isn't that amazing? But but you know what though? We our guys did that up until those last couple of games. We right. we 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 had the, the Arizona pitchers, they were they were I'm not saying they were scared, but they knew if they made a mistake it was gonna get hit hard. Yeah. And uh they started making pitches on <laughs> us and we start going out of the zone and before you know it. Now to me, a game seven, the pressure goes from the Phillies from the Arizona team to the Phillies. No when, when you lost game six yep. and you're playing at home, all the pressure's on you. You, you. you know, you got that great home field advantage. You got the crowd. You got everything there. Oh, you got to beat this team. On paper, you're 10 times better than this team. And you start putting pressure on yourself, and that's exactly what happened. Which some of the fans like to call choke. I don't like that word. I don't. I, I hate that I hate word. That you know, word, I, right? I do yep. hate that yep. word. I, yep. They didn't choke. We, we, if anything, we were trying too hard. We wanted to make things happen. I, you know, people that do these talk shows, they use that word a lot. Yep. I, I can't stand that word. I'm it's not you. a choke. You, you play the whole year. You get right. to where you want to go. Last year was within two games. This year with another game. So I I don't want to use that word. It's not choke. You so, knock a land out twice. You didn't choke. That's for damn sure. Go, bud. No. So, yep. No. I, w- I want to focus on a specific um, moment of the playoffs. Obviously, game six and seven, really frustrating. We expect the Phillies to close out one of them. Um, in my opinion, most important, the more, most important loss perhaps was game three. Um, I want to take us to the bottom of the seventh inning. Phillies are up one nothing. Thompson makes a decision to bring in the 22-year-old rookie Kirkring, only three innings pitched in his entire career in the, in, the, in the big leagues. Good minor league numbers, though. Meanwhile, what we could have brought in was the 20, 28-year-old seasoned Jose Alvarado. He's been stellar this year, 174 ERA, even better on the road. 
and he's never given up a run at Chase Field. I, I'm sure that those are one of the things that, that Tom said, that I'm going to reevaluate things that I did, some that worked that maybe I can look back on and say, I don't know if I should have done that, and some that didn't work. And Kirkering is one of those guys that, hey, I, I watched this guy very first in April or May when I was down in Clearwater, and I went, wow, this guy's unbelievable. But the one thing that you got to understand when you bring a kid up like this, he's going to be a big-time pitcher. There's no doubt in my mind. But I saw a lot of swings and misses from A to double A to triple A on balls that weren't even strikes. You know, in the minor league guys, they're up there hacking, and he was getting by with a lot of pitches that weren't strikes. And then once you get to the big leagues, they make you basically throw strikes, throw it over the plate. It's a little bit different. But that move can be, obviously, second guess. No question about that. But to me, I'm going to go a step further. I think the biggest thing that the game, obviously we should have won that game, the game you're talking about, but was game six when Schwarber let off with a double. We're down a run, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. And we, yep. we did not move him. We did not move him, and we had the big boys coming up behind him. Yep. To me, that was a big, big moment in the series. And, uh, you know, if we move him and uh, if we moved him to third on a ground ball or whatever, and then Harp hits the fly ball that would have scored him, that was a big play right there to me. Well, that's, yeah, that's obviously a very important moment. I, just, I found it interesting. We know how loyal of a guy Thompson is that's there. The, the decision to bring that's in Alvarado, in my opinion, was the, the the biggest mismanagement and failure of the postseason. I think it cost the Phillies, honestly, their, their bid to the World Series. Because losing game three, if you're up 3 nothing, it's done. Yeah, it's Any team in baseball, yeah, I, I they're, they're not losing four straight. That. Yeah. No, if you if you're up three nothing, I agree and, with that. And, and, so then, but if Thompson's such a loyal guy, loyal, why didn't that's we the bring? In, why didn't we bring in Alvarado? <laughs> why would we bring in a rookie? I'm infuriated. I was. We were all infuriated watching it. The, what was he thinking? The rookie didn't earn the moment, Bo. You just said earlier in the podcast, loyalty to the guys that got you there. This horse didn't get us here. You had a bullpen full of guys ready to come in. Where was that loyalty at that moment? We're not beating you up oh, here. I, you know, hey, you, you know what? When when you get the analytic people involved, which they're involved in everybody, every team, and they say this is the best matchup here, blah, 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 blah. And they've been pretty consistent with what they've done. You know, again, would I have done it? Probably not. Right. I'm not going to say – I'm definitely going to say no way I'd do it. They they really believed in his stuff, and they believed that uh, I, if you want to go the blueprint, it should have probably been Alvarado. But do you, do you, think, you know what? Yeah, do you think that, that's just that, that? that's just the way that, that the pitching coach and the manager? Yeah, they went over it. it it's not lack of preparation. Believe me, oh, I yeah. go there, and these guys are there at eleven o'clock in the morning right. for a seven o'clock game, going yeah. over every single scenario. What do we do here? What if this happens? What if that happens? And it was a it was a game planner that was planned out. It wasn't like, oh, let's bring in Kirk. Yeah. This right. thing was planned out and it didn't work. And, it didn't work. And is that the analytics people saying to the coach, trust this guy in a high leverage situation? We want it, we'd like to see him in there coming down from above type of thing. Not exactly, but is there forty percent influence from analytics? And you may have just said yes to that and, and that's part of his decision, that pressure. Well, I, I believe that the, the analytic part, there's a lot of good things in analytics, and there's yep. a lot of things to me that's overload. 
But what analytics don't know or don't understand is the game speeds up. Right. And this kid, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, to come from low A yep. to pitch in playoff games in, in, in a big, big situation, the heartbeat goes up, the mindset's different. Uh, I really believe, just talking with this kid, he there's no fear factor at all. But the heart rate picked up. And let's face it, mm-hmm. five months ago, he was pitching in Clearwater at the complex. How about that? And now he's in, in, in a playoff <sighs> game. He's going to be a guy that you're going to count on, barring injuries for the next five, six, seven years. This guy's got tremendous stuff. But again, that the analytic part does not measure heartbeat, mindset. You can, we can we can go over this stuff 365 days a year. You can have all the numbers you want, spin rate, velocity. It doesn't measure what's in your heart and in your brain. Mm-hmm. And until we realize that, there's certain things that happen that if you've never put on a uniform, you don't understand what's going on out there. And this 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 decision didn't work out. It just didn't work out. You know, the part that's interesting to me, I don't think the Kirk Ring decision is supported by analytics, uh, really at all. I mean, Tommy Pham was the guy leading off the inning. He's 35 years old. I would think a seasoned vet like him would prefer a rookie. Maybe I'm wrong there. I never played at that level. But he hasn't seen him. But he hasn't seen him, sure. But he hits better versus righties, fam. So mm. why not bring in the lefty? I can go on and on. Watch out, on and on and analytics on. guys. I get just loose. don't see anything <laughs> well, analytically supporting it. Thing. I got to disagree with you on one thing. As a player, I would much rather face a guy that I'm familiar with as right. opposed to I, a guy I have never faced before. There you go. That's a big I, I point. Would, that's me. Big point. That's me. It's a big point. And yeah. and if you ask if you ask Harp, if you ask. Schwab, if you ask Trey Turner, say, hey, we got a guy here that you faced 10 times, 12 times, and we got a guy here that just got called up. I will guarantee 95% of the time they're going to say, yeah. I want to face the guy that I faced before. Which is a lot of times why these guys that get called up have good first games, right? They yeah, have they a, do. Have good luck, yeah. you know? Yeah, so. Uh, we're- just like that guy that beat us in uh, uh, – for Arizona, he pitched unbelievable. The the third pitcher for them, yeah, the fuck guy, yeah, and he got yeah. got beat up he, the other night. So, yeah, I, I think the one question, if we didn't ask, then our, our listeners would say, "Oh, yeah, good podcast, but you certainly missed one." What what would you have done with Rojas in that situation? You've been candid the whole uh, darn thing. I know you're going to be candid what, now. What inning was this? Well, now? Rojas is up with bases loaded. Uh, in what inning? Two outs. What was it? The fifth uh, half the game it was you, early it yeah, was early right, it, was, it was like it was the middle of the I, game yeah yeah I, i'm probably gonna say i've let him hit because i'm gonna stay with the defense, defense. and and wait now two out hits are hard to get right two out hits are hard if it was one out that might change my thinking a little bit but with two outs i'm gonna stay with that early in the game i'm staying with my defense okay and yep it, it you know again that's another move that didn't work so you, you know you we can we can sit yep. here and we can go over every single move because it's it's hindsight being twenty twenty that hey that didn't work or hey that worked that was a good move yeah. so yeah. you know you're making that decision he wanted to keep his defense in there which I agree with Rojas is an unbelievable outfielder there's oh, no yeah, question no about doubt. that no doubt I mean he might be the best center fielder. I, I can't go to the American League right now because, but in the National League, there's not too many guys that are better than him in center oh, field. It's ridiculous, and and I think the numbers back that up. 
So I think he wanted to get, it was a close game still. He wanted to keep his defense in there and the fact there were two outs. Yeah. Uh, my pushback to that was because the, the quality of at bats were so bad and they yeah, were they as were, bad, they're as they bad were. as there. This is kind of a humorous uh, uh, example. They were as bad as, Cruck versus Johnson in the All Star game. <laughs> okay, so we were all thinking. Yeah, they, we were all thinking. When we say yep. not a competitive major league at bat, you and yeah. you and I have texted yeah. to each other before. We know hater on Schwarber last year type environment can be and not a competitive at bat. So I yeah. thought that Rojas had a whole string of them. So he's not not likely at all. Why wouldn't they have? Bunted him more. His major league batting average with bunts down would have been higher than 043. Why wouldn't you just tell Rojas to bunt? Not necessarily in that situation. Well, I, Bases loaded, but why not bunt him more, right? Well, he, he, he he's probably bunted more than anybody on our team. Yeah, well, he should. Look at right? it, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but, but he did. He had non competitive at bats. Yep. And he'll be the first to tell you that the front office will be the first to tell you that's why they, they prefaced in the closing. Uh, the closing press conference that, hey, Tom Sledman said, Rojas got to do better offensively to get right. that job. And which, you know, I, res- I again, I respect that, that comment, but at, at the, where the game was at that time and the fact there were two outs, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the defense there. Mm-hmm. Hey, even though the, even though the ABs were not competitive, it was a one run game, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So it was still, it could, one run with us, with our lineup. Yeah. To me, is not that much of a deficit. Now, mm-hmm. if it was four or five runs, I'd say, you know what, you're right. We right. got to hit here. Hope somebody puts a ball in the gap and we score three runs or something like that. If if I'm standing in the dugout and you're the manager and I'm your bench coach and you turn to me there and say, hey, "What do you got, Chuck?" Real quick, I'm going to say, "Bo, the likelihood of him making a catch that someone else can't make, we call that the replacement player." In only four innings, isn't as good as the likelihood of maybe a 240 hitter getting a hit. So there's a 24% chance of the hit. And I don't think there's a 24% chance he's going to make a difference in four innings defensively. Is that fair? That quick assessment to you? Uh, I, I disagree with I think he can make an impact defensively. Uh, in half the game that another player would yeah, make. Now it's got to be. Okay. Hey, it can happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. It can happen. My question now to you guys is: Can't wait. Can't wait. You're gonna set that okay. dinner up. You're gonna now, set the dinner up and ask that question, or give it to me now. Go ahead. No, I'm gonna give it to you now. I'm gonna all give right. it to you now. All right. All all these so-called moves or moves that that actually were made that worked. Yep. And moves that didn't work. Now, and, and I know you're gonna be honest with me. Sure. sure. Before they actually happened, in other words. When Rojas came up, right? Uh, are you saying before he even comes up, don't let him get in the box, or are you wait till the at bat saying, "I think I would have hit there." And the other one would be on the Alvarado thing and Kirkering when it happened. Did you say right away? There's no way you bring him in. I I right. texted Te- the group Chad, I Chad have. Chad texted everybody. We got the text right here. Go the ahead, second, okay, I, no, I the, believe you. Yeah, yeah. The I second Alvarado you. came in. And said, I'm sorry, Kirkland came in and said, "Why?" I said, "Who the heck's this guy? Why okay. is he well, in the cool. game?" Yeah. I, I, facetiously, so who is? Why yeah, is he it here? Yeah. On Rojas, I said, "You got to hit here for this guy. You got to hit here for this guy because." 
I, I want to really score the run, and I realize the guy you're going to put up is going to be batting 350. He's going to be batting in the playoffs probably 136 or 214. Babe Ruth is not going to pinch it for Rojas right there. Well, let me right. ask you this. This name has not been brought up on the radio. I haven't read his name in an article. It's the only name that I have not heard discussed yet to the point where you may say to me, yo, Chuck, you missed the whole party. The guy was injured. Was Sosa healthy? He'd won a bat that's this a good season. But we never used him. The guy did know, good this good year. I don't know. I don't. I, I. I didn't look at the injury report. I don't know if he was or not. And what about Walker? Uh, but he he would be he would have been an option uh, if oh. if he was healthy. Yeah. I, again, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, because they don't they don't reveal everything. You know, he's on your roster. I mean, uh, you take a look at Walker. He didn't even get in the game. So yeah, uh, you know. But so and we're it, paying the guy tens of millions of dollars. It, he has a good year. Well, and he not doesn't just even that, show but, up. But he had a good year. He did. Yeah. And you had the other starter down there, Lorenzo, whatever his name is. Yeah. So I understand this thing. If the game goes fourteen innings, you need a long guy for three. I'm not going to mortgage but, that game for two long guys. It probably won't pitch because it won't go extra inning. I got to win well, the game I, now. I don't know. I don't know if it was written. Uh, I think it was written by Matt Gelb or somebody. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. They had a simulated game. Right. And Sanchez and Walker were the two pitchers. And neither one of those guys had pitched in a while. Right. And Sanchez was filling up the simulated game. I know it doesn't mean much simulated right. game. Right. Just filling up the strike zone with, with pitches. And Walker was all over the place. And Walker's the kind of guy, if you watch – the whole year, his first couple innings, it takes him a while to it does. Yeah. get into a groove, get a feel for the split. Location was a problem early, mm-hmm. and they felt that at that time, not being used that long, that they were going to go with Sanchez, who was still filling up the zone with strikes. So that's that was the reason for that. And like you said, if it was an extra inning game, and it went 13, 14 innings, he would have been the guy to pitch. Well, I'm going to respond with this. When my managers ask me why as, as chief executive, I make a decision. The look I typically get when I give him 15 primary answers and then say to him, there's 30 more. Do you want to hear them? They laugh and they go, it's incredible how deep your thought process is to make that pretty significant decision i said guys it's a 38 year old business i go to sleep with it shower wake up walk drive my car thinking about it i don't think you're doing the thought process and the cycling of my business that i am that's why i could give you rapid fire 30 reasons i think thompson would have those 30 reasons i think skipper would say chuck there's a whole bunch of things you as a fan were not aware of and that's why, and that's why we did what we did. There is. Yeah. And I guarantee he would give you the reason. Did you just say I guarantee you you're gonna set the dinner up for him to give me the reason? <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. Get well, out what of we here. gotta do. Oh, go what ahead. we got what we, what we gotta do is if we set the dinner up, it's gotta be during the winter time. So Oh yeah. You right. know, the, during the season, you know. Oh no, 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 definitely not. I'm I'm talking yeah. about yeah. we're ready now and I know he probably heads south. Not that long from now, because those guys get down there so darn early. You get down there early January, right? No, it's usually middle or late. Okay, late, okay. You know, well, so. if if that can happen, 
I can't begin to tell you. You know, the, 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 I mean, I'm just going to put it. I just moved it up. Hold on. It's now number one on my bucket list. It's not six or eight. It's number one, Bo. You put that together, okay, so, man. So if we have that dinner, then I'd say by the time the dinner is over, that you're going to hand Thompson line up for the opening day line. <laughs> only, if he, only if he thinks he wants it. I'm going to be respectful. I want to say, Coach, do you want my input for next year? He may take oh, it, I, roll it up, and shoot it into the nearest waste paper bucket. No, no. Thompson <laughs> listens. He listens. He does. He, that's he one does. thing he does do. He listens. But when push comes to shove, he's a guy with a pencil. He's yep. a guy that makes the moves. Yep. And let's face it, hey, the exception of two or three games. Look at the results, man. They're in the World Series yeah. again. So, but, do you do you, do you, do you believe in? Yeah, do you believe in stubborn to a fault? I don't believe he's stubborn. I don't. I, okay. I think he's loyal. Okay. I think there's loyal. a difference. Between there is a difference. Being yeah. stubborn and being loyal, and right. I think he's very loyal. And when you have a, it's one thing being loyal to rookies. He's loyal to his veteran team, which I think means a lot. Right. And if you ask every guy in that clubhouse, that that they 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 probably respect that part of him more yeah. than anything I'm as far you. as uh, how the situation turned out. Now, if we could all turn back the clock and make one or two moves that we didn't make or should have made, yeah, we'd all probably say yeah. But it, it you know it didn't work out, and uh, now we're watching the team that uh, I know we're better than. Isn't that frustrating? It would have been it would have been a good uh, World Series with Texas and, and the Phillies. The total score so far this World Series, I'm not close to accurate, but I think I heard 68 to 18 is the total score. Yeah, some some yeah, crazy yeah. shit like that. It's just unbelievable. Well, I, this was a good podcast. This was a great show. Oh. Bo, thank you tremendously right, for guys. coming on, my man. We'll talk to you soon, bye. All right. Have a great day. See you, you bye. Got it. Bye-bye. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye. We don't always say wow when it's over, do we? Man, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. I hope, I hope everybody gets the – I know we just published the Angelo – show and i got record that uh, listens i i i hope that doesn't dilute the opportunity for people to hear this thing with bo i don't think we missed anything uh he was candid as always and um how about if we get that dinner set up with that would be awesome how fun would that be we won't be late for that one huh no never what are you gonna do uh rent a rave we're at an hour we gotta run baby what do you got um I'll rave on a great Philly season, yeah. and I'll rant on a brutal ending, uh, losing to a team that we can't lose to. Um, if you're going to get beat, get beat by Zach Allen, and we didn't. Uh, we got beat by a guy who was a minor league starter this entire year with like a 5 ERA. Uh, really just disappointing way to end the Phillies season. Um, the decisions, the clutch hitting, none of it came together those last those last four, four or five games. Uh, we had the series over 2-0. I don't know what the probability was, but I know it's high. And uh, we let that slip away in game three. The last thing I'll touch on with there, Jose Alvarado on three days rest. Uh, it's over. Never given up a run in his career. It's over. Oh, wait, hold on. It's over. Um, yeah, it's over. Sorry, hasn't given up a run this year Yeah, on three days rest. Yet we brought in a rookie. Uh, I don't get it. Oh, we haven't thought, said Kimbrell, yeah. too. It's Kirkering and Kimbrell yeah. in that yeah. situation. Kimbrell was spent. Everybody do that. So if you said to me, I don't care about his proclivities. If you said to me, what is it, Lorenzo? I call this guy. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo in, Walker yeah. or Kimbrough again, where Alvarado sooner just quell the rally. 
I mean, there's a whole bunch of options we had. I'm not saying to man. I'm saying back to management. The kid's not ready for this stage. That's all there is to it. I don't care how good he's pitched. I'm not going to let low A, A, double A, triple A be preparatory for him to pitch on this stage. I'm not letting it happen. I was shocked he was on the roster, but I thought he was on the roster to come in and get the three outs or, or maybe him be long. Hey, if you go into extra innings, you need a 12th inning guy. That's when it makes perfect sense for him to come in. Yeah, there were too many options we had there. And, yep, yep. I hit for Rojas because I don't think a wins against replacement player in the outfield is not going to make all the routine catches, and the ball is going to be so spectacular that you're going to need Rojas for the diving catch where he runs 105 feet. That's not going to happen. It's not logical in four innings, so I disagree with Bo there. I hit there and put a reasonable outfielder out there to make the wins against replacement plays. I would definitely have done that. And, and the batting order, in my opinion, was dead wrong. I think we demonstrated that it was dead wrong by showing you all 13 games, okay? Showing you the games where Harper hit, uh, Schwarber hit a home run, and there wasn't one game where one home run of five won the game, all right? And the best we have is a 5-3 win with one RBI, one for four, and I allowed that in as an afterthought, okay? So now let's take him in the four hole with the 77 runners on in front of him and tell me that he's not going to have more than five RBIs. Oh, that, there's five yeah. runs. Stop. You, you would never yeah. say that. That's my rant, but I'm I, happy uh, with the season. Hats off. And, and Skipper, I hope to see you at dinner. And I, Philly fans, you were amazing. I pulled up my text messages the second Kirk and Kim in. I said, why the heck is a rookie in the game right now? And Bobby goes, yeah, I'm not sure. I said, this makes no sense to me. I'm glad you're on record. Off That's day, a good way to end Off this. day with studs in the bullpen. That's what I said. I think we, we, we exit on that, don't we? Let's exit. Good work. On the record, Chad has the receipts. The Wiz Kids the receipts. If Kirk Green gave up a run after 7.03 p.m., I'll take it back. Yep. I said it after the fact. Yep. But yep, that, yep. I think, I don't think he, I think the, I said that the second I saw him in the game. I think we moved Bo to new, new heights today as far as the interview. I really do. That's a little arrogant and pompous to say. But I think Boa could say this is one of the best interviews you ever had. I'm going to give us a little credit here, baby. All right, everybody have a good uh, Wednesday. Uh, high atop, we're out of here. And uh, we'll give you a little bit of music on the way out if I know how to do it. There we go, baby. Good interview. Boa's the best. Dinner with Skipper. You will be there, right, bud? You'll oh, yeah. You will clear the calendar for that one, right? Can you imagine? <laughs> Bella, Skipper, the Wiz get it, Chuck. And why don't we just bring Schwarber and Harper, too, huh? Let's do it. Let's get <laughs> Rocket, on the show. baby! You're the best. Thanks, Bo. Good show, man. Good show.